Umket Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the autumn of 1944, President Franklin D. Roosevelt's clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts struggled in their mission to defend the free world from Nazi villainy. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Tribulations of Kinship. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she just rescued Thomas Galen from certain death. Not necessarily. I was only unconscious. Uh, she just rescued Thomas Galen from great peril. Yes, I think that works much better, chum. Right. And upon awakening, Thomas confessed his love for Dixie, who returned his feelings tenfold. Now hold on a minute, fella. Tenfold seems kind of extreme. I mean, I ain't no softie uh, and... fivefold? Hmm. It'll do. Dixie, who'd returned his feelings fivefold. With Ferdenberg's help, they safely extracted the wounded Thomas from the tree and laid him gently in the back of the truck. I'll drive. As Ferdenberg hopped behind the wheel and steered them back towards base, Dixie stayed by Thomas's side, cradling his head in her lap. What happened to you out there? Everyone else made it back to the airfield in one piece. Nev. And Zeta Squad. No. Well... Yes, at first, but then uh, she called them off, sent them home. And then shot you down? I don't pretend to understand her reasoning, but that is what happened. We can figure that out later, I guess. Look, Tommy... What is it, Dixie? <sighs> About what we said back there, in the tree. Oh. Oh. No, no, I completely understand. I mean, you were glad I had survived and were caught up in the moment and perhaps your emotions got the better of you and... My emotions don't never get the better of me. It's it's all right, Dixie. I won't hold you to what you said. It's not that. Ugh! Do you have to be such a perfect gentleman about everything? I, I just don't know any other way to be. I wouldn't want you to be any different. But you just said... You know what I said. Just... I ain't never said to anyone what I said to you there. You have never been in love. I didn't say that. I said I ain't ever said that to anyone before. Oh, I see. I'm opening myself up to a world of hurt that's probably going to come crashing down on me. I, I would never... But I don't care. That's the thing. I don't care. It's worth the risk. Ever since that night on the boat on our way back from Germany... I guess I knew it then, and I've been wrestling with it all along. And by the time I figured out what it was that I was feeling, you were with Lily. <sighs> Lily. We can't do anything about this, Thomas. We can't. We can't do that to Lily. We won't. I know. You are absolutely right. If we're going to do this, we have to do it right. <sighs> of course. <laughs> I don't want to make the same mistakes again. Nev? No, I, I cared for Nev. I really did. I like to think she cared for me before all this happened, but those are amusings for another day. The way I handled things with Lily, however, I, I'm ashamed of myself. Why? You didn't do nothing wrong. No, I, I did. I, I really did. 
after things with her and Freudenberg broke down. She was so distraught and upset. Don't misunderstand, she's a lovely person. I care about her, but not in that way. She sort of latched herself onto me, and I could see she needed some support and someone to be there for her. I just couldn't say no. The curse of the gentleman. And now I may have done more harm than good. The last thing I want to do is see her heart broken again. Especially if it's my fault. Yeah, well, we'll just have to get back to base and see how things go. And you've really got to stop getting shot down. Have I? <laughs> I don't know. Lying here, my head in your lap, your strong and callous pilot's hand stroking my hair, alone in the back of a dark, damp cargo truck. What could be more romantic? Why, it's almost enough to make a bloke want to get shot down. <laughs> don't make me laugh. Not when I'm so worried about you. I love you, Tommy. Well, I am pretty charming. <laughs> <gasps> Sorry, stupid jungle. Damn it, your wounds have opened back up. Dixie. Don't you die on me now. I didn't climb up a tree and bare my soul just to have you die on me. And now, a word from our sponsor. No goody, a sponsor. And not just any sponsor, but Umket Industries. The finest sponsor to ever sponsor a show that needed sponsoring. There's never been a finer sponsor. Without the mighty Umket, this show would be gone, sir. One wonders what fine, upstanding product they have in store for us today. You know it must be something good, because Umket treats us right. It's our honor to give them our hard-earned American cash for their finely crafted American products. Lest we forget... We shan't. Well, today Umkit Industries does not have a product for you, dear listeners. Oh no, how will we survive? Well, I'll tell you. Or better yet, why don't you listen to one of our boys coming in from overseas? From the war. Could be. You think that's him? It does seem likely. A regular hard-fighting GI. Why don't you answer the door and see for yourself, chum? Hello? Hi, it's me! It's who? Joe! Uh, G.I. Joe. Yeah, that's right. Generally intelligent Joe. He's generally intelligent. Generally? He's smart as the cunt, but not as smart as the dean. He's so intelligent. Generally. I imagine you must have something very important to talk to us about today. What with you traveling in from overseas like this. You imagine correctly, my friend. Then please, grace our ears with the information we need know. Well now, did you know, even after these years of war, there are people who think something like this? Look, we're winning the war. It'll be over in no time. What's the sense in working yourself to death? I figure, just sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. The war can take care of itself. (gasps) Say it ain't so! Oh, it's so. It's so. What is wrong with this country? Too much to list. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. There are some people like that. Oh, embarrassing. Shameful. And yet, no one can tell when the war will be over. Because no one knows. How profound. He is generally indulgent, remember? Right you are, friend. But everyone knows that we're now in a crucial moment in this war. And we must break every arms production record to keep weapons flowing to the front. Crank out those guns, people. And don't forget the bomb. But in order to do this... Hundreds of thousands of women are needed in war-useful work. Ladies, it's time to get up off 
your keisters. Go and get a job and work just like a meester. Yes, ladies, you are good for more than making babies and making homes. Crazy, but true. They are the only adequate source of labor to replace men who are entering the service. Hear that, ladies? You're adequate. Once the men are gone, that is. Women must work as men must fight. And since lack of experience is not a handicap, women can get more useful jobs in transportation, communication, retail trades, and other necessary services. All, of course, under the watchful eye of Uncle Umkent. Do it for yourself, your family, and your country. Go work for Uncle Umkent. Yes, but don't take our word for it. Hello. I am the Dean. The Dean of Umkit? Of many a mainstay of higher education. He's even more generally intelligent than I am. Generally speaking, yes. And I am here to tell you ladies that if you can spare the time for a part-time or full-time job, time to work along with millions of other fine American women, go to your Umkit employment office today. Mm. Fine American women. Can you spare the time for your country? Can you spare the time to help our boys on the front line? Can you stop having tea parties and pillow fights for two seconds and think about the men of this country for once? If so, head to your local Umkit employment office today and tell them that you are available. I like available women. Don't we all? We do, and I should know. For I am the Dean. And remember, your Umkit Employment Office can tell you where you are needed most. We certainly can't leave it up to women to decide. Ladies, join the fight today. We now return our program back at Brassy Battalion's home away from home as... Is that bacon I smell? Why, yes it is, Mr. Announcer Man, sir. Here's some perfect pepper bacon, a family tradition. Uh, do you mind? Of course not. Food's for eating. Mmm. Mmm. That is... That's the most amazing bacon I've ever had. Flatterer. Mm. We now return our program. Back at Brashy Battalion's home away from home. Mm. As Esmeralda whips up some amazing bacon in the kitchen. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. That is some amazing bacon. All this flattery is liable to go to a girl's head. Well, you deserve it, Essie. I ain't never tasted nothing like this. Ever. Pearson Perfect Peppered Bacon, son. I created the recipe myself. Yeah, but Essie made it. Using my recipe. I may have improved upon it slightly. Tarnation. I knew it. I can tell Essie's cooking anywhere. You just back off a bit there, Joseph. Now, Daddy, he's not doing any harm. He's just a common street tough. Why, he's not even fit to shine the shoes of a, a proper southern belle like my Esmeralda. I ain't trying to shine no shoes. Metaphor, son, metaphor. I say hyperbole. I ain't hyper either. I just appreciate good cooking. Would you like me to show you how, Mr. Scalzetti? Cooking? Me? That's real nice of you, Toots. But I can barely handle a box of jubilation cake mix. Oh, nonsense. I can show you as easy as pie. Yeah? Well, okay then. <laughs> 
Sure, why not? But only if you call me Joe. Ah, land sakes, I'm getting a case of the vapors. Listen here, you bird-brained addlehead. Daddy? Out. I... What? Out of my kitchen. Out. Out. Essie, now I'm your father, and I think you that You are it... being rude and inhospitable to Mr. Scout, to Joey, and it is unbefitting the grand tradition of fearsome hospitality. <gasps> this kitchen isn't big enough for all of us anyway, what with my wheelchair and all, and I don't want you around if you can't be the kind and respectful Mr. Pearson you've always been. Your bad attitude is going to ruin my food. People have to earn respect, Esmeralda. And this boy brain boob head. You, you, uh, and besides, you, you can't do it all yourself out here. You're going to need me. Joey will help me. Out! Cornelius's ample white mustache twitched. But he walked from the kitchen without another word. I'm sorry about that, Joey. Don't worry, Bob. He's kind of got a point, though. I'm just a bum from the Bronx, you know. You're kind of out of my league. Is this a courtship, then? A what? Do you have affections for me? I like you well enough, if that's what you mean. It's a start. Grab the pepper from the table and follow me. Meanwhile, back in the hangar proper, the ladies LaRue, working with one Benedict Adarchenko, put the finishing touches on their home away from home. Oh, about time. This place is finally starting to look more like the Ritz and less like the Pits. Oh my gosh, I just rhymed. <laughs> I'm so clever. Clever? Oh yes. Buttercup is so very clever, isn't she? Please, I'm more clever in my sleep. Bless you, dear. In Russia, the sneeze blesses you. Why? What did I do? You sneezed, Daisy. That hardly seems a thing to bless someone for. Oh, well, it's just so sweet. Isn't that sweet, Rose? I'm sweeter any day of the week. Ugh, does anyone really care who's sweet? I mean, we just need to look good. Am I right? Looking good makes me happy, but there's more to life than that. Ugh, nonsense. Meanwhile, in the hangar proper, Cornelius stormed by in a huff. That low-class boy, he got designs, my sweet angel, he's got another, he's got a thing coming, let me tell you, if they're kicking me out of the kitchen, me, I tell you what, he's gonna get one good fall right in the kisser, I'm on the show, and then I'll get back in there. Well, I must say, at least Esmeralda knows her place. What? How can you say that? A woman's place is in the kitchen, Lily. I beg your pardon. Even I know that. Lily wasn't raised like the rest of us. Oh, no. I mean, a cockpit, Lily. That is no place for a woman. You've never approved of anything I've done. Well, look at what you did. Singing in that... that... cabaret club. I mean, the very idea. It's... it's all just so... Seedy? Happy? Dark? Embarrassing. Low class. We are LaRue women. We are better than that. But not good enough to fly planes, apparently. We weren't raised to behave that way, Lily. It's... It's no place for a woman. We need to help you understand that. I don't need your help. I didn't ask for your help. Wait a minute. Yes, you did. 
You called us and asked for help, didn't you? Didn't she? <gasps> she did. And helping people makes me happy. Not this kind of help. I meant... I... Oh! Always a troublemaker. I could make twice the trouble she does. I just choose not to. She needs to see the light. Well, I can see the light. It's right there outside. It's called the sun. Where are we going? Wow. That was, uh, how you say, frightening. LaRue women have always been strong of opinion. You are not uh, following them? I too have strong opinions, but usually different ones. You are fine with Lily flying then? Of course I am. Still, it is so very far from home, and it's such a different path than the rest of us have taken. I mean, I haven't seen her and oh, uh, I don't know, it must have been over a year by now. I was so happy when she called for help. I missed her so, and the other girls, I know they did too, even Buttercup, though she pretends she didn't. Still, I wouldn't keep her home, not if she didn't want it. If this makes her happy, then I'm happy. I like to be happy. I have noticed. You remind me of my Irinoshka in this way. Was she happy? For a time. Your name, Iris, it is also not so different. Oh, you must miss her. Duh. But I have friends, good friends in the battalion. It is my honor to serve with them. But you're not happy. I can tell when people aren't. It is not your job to fix other people's problems. Actually, it is. Or so I like to think. <laughs> Helping people does make me happy. It's why I went into nursing. Well, Hangar is in good repair now. I should check in with nearby villages. Check to be sure there have been no further beastly attacks. And, um, if there had been attacks, of course we hope there have not been, but if there had, uh, medical assistance may be required. And, um, uh, I am not so good at this. Um, has been a while. Uh, <laughs> um, would you like some company, Mr. Adichik? Mr. Adichik? Benedict. <laughs> that would make me happy. <laughs> I thought it might. Then, after you, Miss Iris LaRue. Just as Benedict and Iris left to see to the security of the neighboring towns, Dixie and Freudenberg arrived, the wounded Thomas in tow. Robert, Robert, come here quickly, over here. Great horrible arms! What is the emergency? It's Tommy. He's wounded. We need to get him inside. Fear not, I shall carry him to safety. The robot gingerly picked up Thomas and ran for the hangar. Handsome boy, we've got to help him. Iris has medical training. Where, where is she? Hmm? Where's who? Oh, that cute boy doesn't look so good. Please, ladies, we're coming through. We must move quickly, please. Pardon me, excuse me. Hi, excuse me. Pardon me, please. We must come through. Thomas? Oh no, Thomas! Frank! Dex, what? Get on the horn and call in a medic. <laughs> 
I don't know where I could. I don't care where you find one. Just do something. Tommy needs help. It's an extraordinary exigency. This production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie Stenberg. Poor Tommy. He needs help. Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. I'm on it like a tree in the desert. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. That's the best you can do, Frank. Honestly, I don't know why I even bother to come to these credits. Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Witherspy. You signed a contract, remember? Under duress! Does anyone truly mind a Nazi being under duress? I can't believe even these imbecilic credits have continuity. Blame the writer. He's a bit anal-retentive that way. Can we say that on the air? Pete Mylan as Freudenberg. Oh, Miss Lily looks so distraught and in need of comfort. And possibly kisses. I don't know. I'm just saying. Scott Vinicombe as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. Oh, I'll tell you what's distressing, son. It's a no-good two-bit mook with designs on your culinarily inclined daughter. Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. Hey. I ain't never designed nothing. That's sissy talk. No, I... What I mean is... You, you, you can't, but, but... But no, see, it's... Stumped by the skull, eh, Pops? It was bound to happen. Ah. Hey, Essie, check it out. When I flex my bicep, it looks like my skull tattoo is winking at you. <laughs> see? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. Oh. Ow. Oh. Oh, stings a bit. Perry Whittle as Benedict Dedarchenko. Um, uh, what I mean is... Um, uh, I am wounded here. Nah, comrade. I am concerned. But Iris is strange for me. Oh, quite right. Carry on, then. Spasiba. Um... Um, Do you have any tattoos, Benedict? Yet, but my bicep is about twice the size of Joseph's. See? <laughs> wow. Ah, uh, gherkin. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. I don't care about biceps. I like sweet, sensitive, romantic, wiry boys with spectacles. You mean me? You mean me? I don't know what I mean. Well, if you don't know, how can be? Melissa Johnson as Daisy LaRue. Knowing things is overrated, I think. You think so, huh? I do? Yeah. Tracy Hall as Violet LaRue. Someone should help her. Oh, that's my job. You have a job? And not one from the UMCAT employment office, either. Melissa Hearn as Rose LaRue. I'd do any job they gave me. I'd do all the jobs they gave me. Why, I'd even be a riveter. We can do it! Marley Norton as Iris LaRue. If that's what makes you happy. And if you rivet your foot, at least you know a certain nurse. Not going to rivet my own foot. Who am I, Daisy? What's that? Nothing, dear. Have a seat. No, thanks. I think I'll just sit down instead. Megan Presley as Buttercup LaRue. And why does she get the seat? Why is no one offering me a chair? I have been standing for like five minutes now. I mean, honestly. Catherine Pride as Geist. 
Yeah, okay. I am seriously going to crush, crush you all. Justin Dobby as Volker. Ooh, I could make a super mega crushing machine to stomp them out. Or a giant robot crushing ray Nothing that... you build ever works. I made the ray gun. That worked. That doesn't count. You know where it came from. Fine, then. I'm just going down to the cafeteria to drown my failures in an umkol in a hot bowl of cream of sausage soup. We have a cafeteria? Kristen Bays as the umket triplets. Mmm, cafeteria food. I love the sound of it getting slopped onto the tray. Oh, I think I'm gonna be sick. Oh. Jerry Crawford as the Dean. Hello, I am the Dean. And yes, it's true, that noise is going to make her sick. Elaine Barrett as the robot. It's times like these I'm glad I don't have a stomach. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. You should upgrade. Stomachs are great for eating. Yes, go on. It's become cliche. Alicia Marie Barton as Esmeralda. Cake is never cliche. Cake is a lie. Colin D. Snow as Random Man. I only had one line. Until now. Chip Joel as Generally Intelligent Joe. I'm generally intelligent, but is this the right show? I mean, where's the girl in the miniskirt? And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. This entire show is generally intelligent. This is Seth Adamsher. Stay tuned next time as the threat of sabotage looms over the battalion. Only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a Pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. Brought to you by your local UMCAT employment office. There's never been a finer sponsor. Without the mighty UMCAT, this show would be gone, sir. And remember, no one can tell us when the war will be over. Because no one knows. Get a job working for Uncle Emket today, especially if you're an available lady. Stay safe, America, and good night. We're Nazis! We don't need food. We don't have a cafeteria for it. We live off the blood of our enemies and the crushing of the disappointment of others. Yeah. Totally in the contract. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Schur. Umkit Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Cafeteria, I'm peckish. Anybody want lunch? <laughs>